Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This point to the logo on my chest and tell them. Slammy, ego. Slammy, ego. Slammy, ego. Slammy, ego. Hit it up hard. Hit it with strike. From the national anthem to the bottom of the night. I'm in. Slammy, ego. Slammy, ego. Slammy, ego. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 321 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show brought to you by Gaglione Bros, Cheesesteaks, and Fries. We got Casey Stern on the show today, special guest. He hosts Unfiltered with Casey Stern, former host with obviously TBS. Casey, so thank you so much for joining the show. My pleasure, man. How you doing today, okay? Doing well, doing well. So we got a lot to discuss here. Uh, first off, we can start with AJ Preller. How, how would you grade AJ's offseason so far? What do you think about it now? It seems like most of his moves have been made. Well, you know, I think, first of all, you, when you start with a team, everybody wants big moves. But when you start with a team that finishes off the way that they did, there aren't gigantic moves necessarily to make. They're fine-tuning and trying to turn themselves from a playoff contender now to a championship contender. And I know they didn't win the division last year, but they certainly looked at the end of the year like a team that was going to walk into the season much more capable of doing so. Soto more comfortable, right. you know, the young players stepping up. So I think, you know, you start the back end of the bullpen and the job that they did making sure to secure the piece that are setting up Hater in the back end was important because I think that one of the things we saw develop once they figured out how to use soon after he came in and he started to succeed was just how dominant that 
seventh, eighth, and ninth was going to be and how important it is going to be for them moving forward. So I think that's important. You know, look, the Bogarts move, was it an overpay? And I love Xander. I think most deals are an overpay. At a, you know, when you talk about the highest level, it's like you know Aaron Judge, to me, the Yankees had to make that move. But is it an overpay at 350? Probably not, because it would have cost them a lot more. You think about the three, four, five years even, they would have had to deal with without him. Well, I think to bring in Bogarts to do that the way that they did, I think he's great in the room. Obviously, you know, terrific hitter. He's one of the more underrated players, I think, in all of baseball over the last number of years. And he doesn't have the pressure to carry the team the way he did really with Devers as a one-two in Boston. They've got a lot more pieces. Most importantly, I think having the backup plan if Manny Machado was to walk after the year was important for them to do. Clearly, Bogarts can move over to third. You already know you got Tatis, who's going to be in the outfield, who could play short. You got Kim, who's a terrific shortstop. So to have those options and to not be stuck with, well, what if Manny doesn't come back and to see a huge drop, I think was big for them. So I think overall, really good offseason for the Padres. They didn't need to do a ton. They brought back the team they had. They added Bogarts in a couple of pieces. Lugo, we'll see what happens with that. I think they did a nice job. When you talk about the effects of the Bogart signing, so you think that this is sort of like an insurance if Manny leaves? or Because I think... I, you can definitely say it's an insurance. I think that they're trying to have this Bogart signing be just a part of their core and add that to Manny as well. Like I think they plan on having Manny come back and they're going to do all they can to bring Soto back. I don't know if I think there's some people I'm not saying you are. I think there's some I've seen some people, you know, nationally try to say, oh, well, you know, Manny leaves. OK, yeah, Bogarts. I think the Padres, they're they're trying to add Bogarts to this team. They're keeping Manny. I think that's what they're thinking with this well I think it's both I, I think you know clearly they're trying to add him to what Manny already has built I mean Manny right. really look you know no offense to you know Fernando Tatis Jr. and whatever happened with the pin norm and all of that but you know when you look at, at the scenario really the franchise face for that team changed within the course of a year it became Manny Machado became the leader of that team and really I thought we saw his leadership step up more than it has at any point in his career, Baltimore, LA, or anywhere after Tatis went down. But you have to, at the same time, I think it's both. I mean, the best moves in baseball are moves that have you know more than one option. It's having mm -hmm. versatility. And, you know, look, Manny Machado has built himself into a more valuable player. That $300 million deal was a big deal. And people said, well, you don't want to win and all those negative things outside of San Diego. People were trying to say as if he got overpaid. Well, now you look at Manny Machado. And if he has another year that's an MVP caliber year the way he did last year, answering all the only questions anybody ever had with Manny, which were about who he was going to be and character and things of that nature that now seemingly have gone by the wayside. He's a more valuable player, especially right. now, just to give an example, a team like the New York Mets that just lost that in Carlos Correa are going to be the first team that's going to be looking at Manny Machado to go bring him to New York to play him next to Lindor to replace it at third base as just an example, right? And right. we know the kind of money that Steve Cohen is playing with. So I think you're right, but I think it's both. And I think the best moves that are made in baseball by the smartest people always are with a backup plan. You have to have a plan B, and now the Padres have that too. Yeah. What do you, what do you think is the Padres' biggest area of concern as of now? Like, you could you could point towards left field, you know, with Tatis because the suspension and you can't get, you can't guarantee the health for Tatis. That's what we've seen is history. Um, maybe the back end of the rotation, that's the spots I would point to. Yeah, I, look, I think the back of the rotation clearly <clears throat> and the depth there that they have, you want to have seven, eight options that you trust. And, 
you know, I think the Padres clearly have the big names and the horses that we know that they're going to trust in those spots at the beginning of the rotation. We saw that play out down the stretch and in the playoffs, certainly with Musgrove and Snell and company. I, 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 you know, I don't know, look at, and I've, you know, watched in New York for years, you know, Seth Lugo, who was a, you know, a, a more dominant eighth inning guy with the two pitch mix in that curveball than he was as a starter, even though he did have some levels of success as a starter. I, I don't know how that's going to work out. He may be more of a depth guy who adds to the bullpen instead. I, I think though, to be fair, the back end of the rotation is an issue for probably 25 teams. And right. even the five teams that don't think it is, it's going to be at some point when they get a couple of injuries in spring training. So I think those things you can kind of figure out on the fly. I don't think that's that big of a deal. Um, I, I, I don't look at the Padres as having many weaknesses, to be honest with you. I do think that if you were looking at questions, the biggest question is going to be where Tatis Jr. plays, how often he plays there. Do they move him around, whether it's in both corners of the outfield? Does he you know, play any shortstop whatsoever? And they use the D even when they rest Xander, or is it, it even going to be even when Xander's, let's say, DH to get off his leg, that it's only going to be Kim in that spot, and they mm -hmm. fully transition Tatis, and he never even sees shortstop. Uh, what kind of a dynamic do we have in that room with him coming back there? Because I do think that's a question. And how motivated is he? If he's truly the, the level of superstar that everybody thinks that he was and hopes he still is, he's going to be angrier at himself than anybody else can be and come in motivated and he'll go be comeback player of the year, right? In the national league. Is that the guy you get? So I agree. It's the biggest question. I don't think though it's a weakness. I don't think the team necessarily has weaknesses. You can make the claim and say, Hey, look, I don't know if they're better than the Dodgers, right? Or I don't know if they're better than the Braves or the Mets or, you know, they're in there, but you know, what's it going to take? But weaknesses, I don't, I don't see them necessarily having many. Health can be an issue for anybody. We'll find that out once we get to camp. Do you think it's going to be a big, a big burden on Tatis? Like the effects on the road. We know at home, like he's going to Fan Fest in a few weeks. That's going to be great, I think, for him. Uh, maybe there'll be an idiot, you know, wanting to boo him there. But he's going to get a good reception there in San Diego in a few weeks. I think that's good. You know, just welcome him back. But we know that's not going to be the case at Dodger Stadium and all that. Like, he's going to have to deal with that. Do you think there's going to be a negative effect to that, or he'll just be able to play through it and accept kind of that, that villain role? I think, honestly, we're going to find out uh, whether or not he truly is a superstar talent or whether or not he's a superstar. And there's a difference. You know, we talk about late Kobe Bryant and look, Michael Jordan. And, you know, there's all kinds of different, you know, references of whoever the guy is you think that had that mama mentality, which we like to use as you know, look all, all of the best in the world. They're all blessed with talent, but there are a lot of great high level superstar talents in these different sports that never get there. They don't have the work ethic of a Tom Brady or a Kobe Bryant. If you're going to be a superstar, you have to have that. And part of that is you have to have the attitude to be able to look at yourself and not only withstand the controversies you're talking about, but to embrace it and to own it. Look, I mean, we could say whatever we want about the Astros, but for Alex Bregman to go ahead and deal with all that he has over the last couple of years and come out and play the way he has, that's a dude. Now, if yeah. that is in Fernando Tatis Jr., he's going to be the best version we've ever seen as long as he's healthy enough. But to your point, I do think that it's going to be a challenge mentally for him. And I think mm -hmm. the guys that are in that room have to rally around him. He's still a kid. Look, we forget because we see, you know, look at Juan Soto. I remember sitting there covering at Turner and he's not, you know, he's not even old enough to get a beer to celebrate the big hits when they're going to win their first series in a playoff. 
we forget how young Tatis Jr. is. That's why you make mistakes. We're all idiots at that age. And with no offense to anybody in their early 20s, I think now we need to see that maturity level to increase, and hopefully it does. How about the signing of Nelson Cruz? And I think that can help this whole Tatis thing here. And because Cruz, he also got popped in his career. Uh, having Manny around in the clubhouse, and there, I just feels like you know Musgrove, Cronenworth. There's a lot of good leaders in this clubhouse for Fernando. And but I do also think that some people make it seem like Fernando is like this child, and he needs all this leadership around him and all that. Like he's made some dumb decisions, but I think he knows that he has to, that he has to grow up, and I think he is growing up right now. So I, I think, look, my point is these guys around him. That can only help him, but I think he has to do it himself, right? He has to just be the grown-up himself. It, Cruz is not going to do that for him. Yeah, I, look, I, I'm with you, first of all, on Nelly, because if you look at, and he and Manny obviously have a huge relationship from in Baltimore. Yeah. Nelly was basically like his big brother, but I, I watched Nelson Cruz do this. You could go to even some of the people don't even bring up when he was a leader in the Seattle room in the Cattell Martes before he gets traded and becomes a star in Arizona. Minnesota, the second that he got there, I mean, this guy's revered in a room in a way like an Adrian Beltre was, like a, a big poppy was. I mean, you really were like a, a guy like uh, for example, Jose Bray was with Chicago now and will be in Houston. It's a different kind of level. But I, I do think, you know, I'm partially with you. Look, I, I agree that Fernando Tatis Jr., this is up to him. Nobody else is going to, regardless of what anybody says. But I, I do think every question is fair. I mean, yeah. you know, he, he, AJ Preller basically was you know, pretty honest and I thought forthright at his press conference after all this happened, talking about the number of opportunities that he has blown and mistakes that he's made, how much he needs to be handheld. He's earned that. He is, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. has earned looking like he needs to be babysat. And to your point, regardless of what or how they babysit him or watch over him or lead him, right? It's still going to be up to him. But he has earned that. That part, I, I wouldn't say I necessarily disagree, but but I will say that he deserves all of the the eyebrow raising he's going to get. All of the people right. who don't believe in him. And by the way, some of them will be in that room. When you are going through a season where you get 18 days that you're away from your family for all those months and you are in the trials and tribulations of a baseball team, and that guy who you trust disappoints you and lets you down, the amount of times that he has, they're not going to come out and tell you because they can't. Nobody's going to come out and say because of publicly what it would mean for themselves or the team. Hey, we don't, we don't, you know, trust this dude. But I guarantee you, there's a thread somewhere on a phone where there are players in that room that don't trust this guy, and he's going to have to earn that from his teammates. Well, even last year, I know Clevenger's not on the team, but remember last year those comments. I mean, we have everyone we need here. You know, like if you knew that there were people in that clubhouse. And I think I agree. There are some people in that clubhouse that maybe didn't make their voices, you know, known in they the public. They didn't say it. It doesn't mean they weren't thinking it. Exactly. And there's going to be those same people in that clubhouse. So, yeah, he's going to have to regain that trust. And I obviously am hoping uh, that that happens. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. 
And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, moving back to this current team, you talked about Seth Lugo a little bit earlier. So do you think, I have the opinion that he's going to get the chance to start because he's been promised that. But I don't see him being a starting pitcher the whole year. But I don't view that as like a negative for the Padres. I think that could be a positive because he was effective with the Mets out of the bullpen. Like whether he's a starter or a reliever, it's going to help the Padres, whatever role it is in, I think. He's a guy who, you know, look, I don't want to compare him because at the high end, he was not to be what uh, a Philly user, a job at Chamberlain was two guys who, you know, I watched the Yankees kind of screw up by mixing back and forth. And, and, you know, that could do a lot to a pitcher's body. It is not easy to go ahead and Seth Lugo deserves a lot of credit for how easy he's made it look to mm-hmm. stretch out. We act like, Oh, don't worry. A guy will go ahead and just throw more pitches. It's not that easy, right. For them to do in the middle of a season. It's really not that right. easy. Now it's easier to go the other way, but he's done both and gone back and forth and could be a chameleon that way. They're not a lot of guys that are that way. Right. And we're not talking about be a chameleon, like go from a fifth starter to your long relief guy or your damage control, but he goes from that and then go, can go be your eighth inning guy and go get two mm-hmm. righties out and, He's he has done that very well. So I think because of that, to your point, yeah, I don't think the Padres lied to them. I, I think they you know, promised him that hey, he's going to start. But I think he also understands that's not a guarantee that that continues. He knows, hey, on this staff, we make the playoffs and go where I want to go, go win a World Series. I'm not getting game three. I'm not getting game four of any series. But to have that guy who now adds at the back end of your bullpen, who you know can go ahead and you could be really good against righties when you need him in a seventh, eighth inning. He's closed before if you needed him in a spot to go spell, hey, you know, all those sorts of things. Um, could pitch two, three innings. I've seen him do that, seven, eight, nine, and just kind of you know end a game that is some game in August, but helps rest the rest of the bullpen. To your point, I think he's got additional value. And look, if you're trying to get to where you want to get to, if Seth Lugo makes 25, 30 starts, you're not getting there. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. he's got to be part of that depth in that bullpen eventually when you succeed at the highest level at the back end of the season. I think you could say that same thing about Nick Martinez as well. And so I think a lot of Padres fans were expecting one of them to not be a starter the whole year, and the Padres will go out and get someone else at least before the trade deadline. At least for me, that's all I care about. Like the re- We saw this past season. The regular season, you win 111 games. That means nothing. Like, just get into the postseason, and if you have the right players then and you're playing well then, that's what matters. And the Dodgers weren't able to do that this past year. The Padres were before, you know, the NLCS, and then they had to they had to test that depth, Manaya, Clevenger, and it didn't work out very well. Um, let's move to Shohei Otani. So Bob Nightingale comes out with that report the other day, 
And by the way, I don't know if you saw it, but I assume you did. It's a, it was a long report. It it's first talks about Boris and his comments and Correa and all that. And so this this note about the Padres being planning to be all in on Otani, it's buried in this report. I think that would be like the lead to a story, make it a whole different story. So I don't know how much I want to believe this, but do you believe that the Padres would be all in on Shohei Otani? For me, the priority should be Manny Machado and extending Juan Soto, but I don't know how realistic extending Juan Soto is because of Boris, and it feels like they're set right now on going to free agency unless the Padres blow them out of the water. Look, I don't think, I'm trying to figure out how to say this, I don't think this is a big story. I'll tell you why I don't think it's a big story. It depends what in on Otani means, right? right. Any team that's got money is going to be in on Otani to some level, any team, right? So that's number one. If you can afford it, and there are not many teams that can, but there are more than people think. Example, when the Padres were in trying to, you know, give Aaron Judge $400 million, people act like, you know, the Padres ownership just robbed the bank. It, it costs a lot of to money to own a team, right? A lot of owners don't spend a lot of money because they want those margins to be bigger so they could save, right? Now, Steve Cohen may have a little bit more than others. I get that. But it doesn't mean the Twins can't spend money, right? Like, they just found $200 million for Carlos Correa, and they hadn't done jack in the offseason to that point, right? The Padres, we know, have the bag, if you will. I think how much they're in on Otani will depend, as you said, on a number of factors. Number one, I think what happens with Manny Machado and what happens and what their plan is with Juan Soto, which you cannot plan and decide 14 minutes before he's a free agent because that becomes a nightmare. They're going to have to decide that as the next year develops and in tandem with Machado. If they win at a high level, it may be, let's bring these guys in with that Otani money and keep the team we have. But what if Soto has a bad year? What if they don't want to give him all the money? They could trade Juan Soto, still with a year left on his deal, and then go spend the Soto money, right, to your point, and eliminate the Boris issue on Otani. I do think here's the problem of why it's not as big a story. And, and this, is, this is just my take on Otani, all right? I have no idea. None of us do. But I said and have said over the last year that, to me, there are two categories with Otani. There's the Yankees, the Mets, and the Dodgers. And then there's literally the rest of the league. And if you asked me to bet my house, I don't know if I necessarily would want to do that. But if I had to, it's in those three places. Because he is at a money level in terms of off the field that no player we've ever seen is at. He is a commodity off the field that no player we have ever witnessed in this sport, literally, has ever been at. Okay. He is a star because he's different than everybody else. And it's been lost because he's not in L.A. He's in Anaheim. We all know that, regardless for those who haven't lived near there. And I know your your viewers do, and I've lived in L.A. The five freeway may take an hour, but it, this is not L.A., right? It's not. Right. The Dodgers, the Yankees, the Mets, because that guy, to me, is going to want to be in a place where, in addition to the $500 million deal he gets— he gets to really maximize the star quality that an Ichiro never got to because he was in Seattle. That's how I look at it. Now, I don't know that that ends up being the case. Now, in addition to that, the Yankees, Mets, and the Dodgers also probably have the most money of any of the teams, right? I expect San Diego to be in. I expect the Cubs to be in and try. I expect the Texas Rangers with the money that we've seen them throw around to try. I expect Seattle for sure, yeah. especially with what, you know, the ties... 
Absolutely to try. Is it possible he goes to Seattle or San Diego or to take? Sure, it's possible. But if you ask me, I think he ends up on the Yankees. I think he ends up on the Yankees. That's my own opinion. I have thought that for a long time. Even with Aaron Judge, I think he will be a Yankee. But I think it's Yankees, Mets, or Dodgers for Otani. With the Yankees, wasn't there? I know that time is, you know, things can change over time. But didn't he not want to go to New York the first time around? I I. Look, I've heard that, but, you know, I've talked to players over the years where they've been in these situations like I wouldn't play for the Yankees or I wouldn't go to New York. You know, Justin Verlander, I don't want to go to New York, right? He would never play for the Yankees. Like, it's not – if he would play for the Mets, he'd play for the Yankees, right? So it's like right. – and he talked about how much he loved New York. And for those who saw the press conference, lived there in an offseason with his family. But people legitimately thought – you can go back just a few months on Twitter when Verlander, we knew to be a free agent. Oh, he'd never go to the Yankees because, remember, he doesn't like New York and doesn't want to be there and we were totally wrong right so we have no idea what the situation is now sometimes it's true trey turner wants to go back to the northeast that was right and that was true yep i don't know i, I mean really i don't you know i don't lie to you because i none of us do right right but to me it seems a little odd that a guy who loves baseball as much as otani does is a student of the game the way he is has the flair for the dramatic he does would not think of the Yankee, and I'm I'm not a Yankee fan. My whole family, except for right. BR, I hate the Yankees, right? So I'm mm. not I'm no apologist, but we could sit here and every Padre fan watching who says they're not is lying to themselves. If we all think of baseball, we think of that cap. We think of those pinstripes. That is the representation of this sport. How can Otani not want to play for the Yankees? I don't understand right. that. That yeah. I would play for the Yankees over the Mets if I was Otani. I don't, so I don't know. I don't, I, I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't yeah. buy that, that he wouldn't be. A yeah. Yankee. I don't buy that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now going back to, and that's next off season, going back to this season, you're a Mets fan. So where do you have the Mets? I know this is a Padres show, but the Padres are in this conversation. Where do you have the Mets in the national league right now? Like where's your confidence level in this team to beat the Padres or the Dodgers or the, the Braves? or the Phillies when it matters most? Like, do you think the Mets have improved this offseason or they've just replaced guys? Well, I, you know, look, I think on paper doesn't matter to your point of winning 111 games for the Dodgers anyway, right? So, right. but that's all we can judge right now. So I, I, I always preface things like that with this. On paper is all we look at. Guys aren't in camp yet, right? There's no injuries. There's, there's nothing else to look at except for paper. I think if the Mets had gotten Correa, I think they're the favorites to go to the World Series, if not win it. Um, I think on paper, they would deserve to be. And I think anybody who said that they wouldn't be, now, it doesn't guarantee that they'd win in big game, right? So all the things you're talking about, but they would deserve to be. I believe that. I think without Correa, they're back in the same mix that they were. I think that either them or the Braves, no offense to the Philly fans, because I think because Harper's going to be out so long in this year, that's going to hurt them. It may not hurt them in the playoffs, but I think in the standings, because the Braves and Mets are going to be so good that right. I think it's going to be hard. So I think it's Braves and Mets again. And I think it's Dodgers and Padres again. And like the AEIOU sometimes, why? It's sometimes Cardinals and maybe the Cubs, who to me have sleeper capability with some of the moves they've made. I don't know if they could pitch enough but I think they're going to be way better. And if the deadline the Cubs wanted to push in that division, it may only take high 80s to win. Mm -hmm. But I think they're back in the mix. I think if they had gotten Correa, they would have been the favorites. I do. Yeah. I think it's that much of a difference maker. Yeah.
Do you think that those are the five teams like Phillies, Braves, Mets, Padres, the Dodgers? Only, That's what it seems like. The, they're the, the Central, only I mean, and the, Card- I and the Cardinals. The I, I think you have yeah. to put the Cardinals in there. Arenado stays. They've got Goldschmidt, so they've got two MVP candidates. Um, I think Flaherty could be a bounce back. They've got some pitching. The Contreras move was a nice move to me. And look, I love Yadier Molina. He's a Hall of Famer, but Contreras is a better offensive player by far. So that lineup's going to yep. be scary. I think the Cardinals, you have to be fair and put in there because they're the Cardinals. They always find a way to win somehow, and we don't think they will. So to me, there's six teams, but I don't see literally any way whatsoever that anyone, no matter what happens during the year, surprises, injuries, deadline, it may move within the six, right? I don't mm-hmm. see literally any way anyone else represents the National League or even gets to an LCS. I think there are six teams in the NL this year, and everybody else can go home for sure. I agree. Yeah, I agree. All right, Casey Stern, thank you so much. Episode 321 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. That is it. I'll talk to you guys later. Go Padres.